This is false and defamatory, the impact of defamation and weaponized social media. Trigger warning, this podcast discusses topics related to emotional abuse, gaslighting, verbal abuse, threatening language, cyberbullying, intimidation tactics, and thoughts of self-harm which may be triggering for some listeners. The content includes descriptions of manipulative behavior, psychological distress, body shaming, online harassment, and other forms of abusive behavior and emotional trauma. Please take care of yourself and consider your mental and emotional state before listening. If you need support or someone to talk to, please seek help from a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. Thank you for listening. We are now in mid-June of 2021, and the defendant has been furthering her false and defamatory narrative for several months now, and there's really no sign in sight of her stopping that. She made an Instagram Live on June the 11th, and yet again, someone joined the video and started saying some unfavorable things to the defendant, and once again, her followers and the defendant act and speak to this person as if they were me. It it was not me. No, but we're going to let... Um, our friends stay here and watch for a minute. She's been on here slamming for a while. Oh, let's see. Did you? It's okay. Just kidding. We don't want to go look. It's fine. Guys, listen. I know who it is. You know who it is. It's fine. Let her talk. It's fine. Clearly she's bored. Hi, honey. How are you? Tell the fam I said hi. Tell the fam you must be really bored. Being sued. If she doesn't want people to watch the live, she shouldn't go live. Huh. How do you know? Speaking of the devil. <laughs> So in this video, there is an Instagram account called I'll name this account later who starts commenting and says something about the defendant is being sued and the defendant responds and says, well, how would you know? Well, the defendant has told people over and over again. Also, this is public record. This is not some inside information, but she talks to this person as if it is and as if it's me. Her followers also chime in and start to comment back to this person as if it were me. It is just very clear. The followers know her narrative. She has spun this narrative for so long that they know the drill. I made the decision on June the 13th to get my teaching certification. I had spoken to one of my friends who works in the school district, and I really wanted to do something that, quite frankly, wasn't with a small business. I just wanted to get away from the business world. I wasn't able to have a LinkedIn profile at that time or any sort of professional websites or any sort of digital footprint that was in a professional capacity. And I also was going to have a gap in my resume because I was not about to list the defendant on any of my prior employment based on current circumstances. And so I decided that becoming a teacher would be great for my family. I was also very, very scared because I didn't know, obviously, the parents of the students that I might be teaching or even the teachers. But I decided that this was the best move for my family. And I felt safe because at least I knew some of the people who worked in our district and could vouch for me should there be any question. I was also concerned with applying for jobs in the business world that the HR department would do their due diligence and they would do an internet search on me and they might run across these posts that this woman had made and question my integrity as she was accusing me of financial crimes and all kinds of other crimes. And I was just too scared to put myself out there in a business capacity. The defendant makes another live video on June the 15th, and this time someone joined the video that she had a message for. Here's the deal. If you sent someone who is suing me copies of things that I posted on the internet, you really shouldn't be watching my live video right now because that wasn't private information, just FYI. And it's really crappy to pretend like you're my friend and then go send somebody information. Did you think they were going to like blur your name out because they didn't? Do you feel like I'm talking to you? Because I am making my skin crawl right now. Ugh. Disgusting people. Also, I hope everybody goes and looks through all these comments just to see who the person is that I'm talking to. They're in here under their real name. Don't worry. Ah, people are just making my skin just leave my body. Oh, let's see. Where'd it go? 
I know it's on here because they commented too, which is even weirder. It's so gross. Like nothing in the world is private, but to go like copy post of what I wrote and then send it to someone who is doing something horrible, like unimaginable. It's disgusting. And this is the last video you'll ever watch because it says, hide live video from your name blank won't see any photos videos or live videos you add to your story from now on you can unhide in story settings no thanks hide gross you have kids you have a daughter so in this video the defendant is talking to i believe the woman who sent me the facebook message whenever the post first started i don't believe that she was talking about laura because laura had already i believe been blocked at this point but as I've previously stated, I was legally obligated to turn over any messages that I had regarding this case, and I did. Yes, in the message, I did tell that woman, no, I'm not going to say anything about this. I didn't want to create drama for her, but at the time, there was no lawsuit. There was one post, and I just meant when I said that, I was not going to tell people that she sent it to me. I certainly wasn't going to tell the defendant, but once the lawsuit was filed, that all bets are off. You have to turn that stuff over, and I was legally required to do so. Now. That woman did decide that she wanted to participate with the defendant even further. That same post that she sent me, she commented on it later that evening. Several days, weeks later, someone sent me a post where that woman was in the defendant's home with her daughter in her closet, which just really dumbfounded me because how can you send me this message and say the things that you said and then kind of cozy up to the defendant? And so that was just a little bit of a strange situation. But overall, the reason that I turned that over to my attorneys is because I was legally required to do so. So she looks straight at the camera and talks straight to this woman and says, do you feel like I'm talking to you? Because I am. And she also looks straight at the camera and says, this is so gross. You're disgusting because you took screenshots of something and sent them to someone who's doing something really horrible to me right now, meaning the defendant, which the only thing that was happening to the defendant is that I sued her for defamation because she was defaming me. She was still actively, constantly, publicly defaming me at this time. So no one was doing anything to her that was horrible. I was simply holding her accountable to try and clear my name, my tarnished reputation, my tarnished integrity, character, D, all of the above, just to salvage my own reputation so that I could continue with my life. Also on June 15th, the defendant made a libelous Facebook post. Once again, she is trying to sell something. And as we have already seen, the defendant has a pattern of making false and defamatory claims, especially around the times that she is trying to sell something. She was in a contest with a selling platform at this point, and so she made a big post about that. And of course, she has to loop in her false and defamatory narrative about all of this drama that she alone fabricated and was perpetuating. The post says, Anyone want to be super honest and share how much they've exceeded their April sales? I think it would motivate a lot of people. Don't focus on what you're not doing. Focus on what you could be doing. I don't think it hurts to share and could really motivate someone. I feel like I'm showing a knee here instead of the whole leg, lol, but I'm down for the whole leg too. Also this morning, my husband said people are going to be upset if they know you're doing so well because they consider you a big boutique. And I told him, I don't give a profanity. I worked my butt off for this and I would never be angry about about someone else's success. Also, big is an opinion. I've always been a small shop in my head, now as no different. And trust me, I've had $200 sales days in 2021, so I'm just like everyone else. Selling platform just gave me my hustle back. How are you doing? And what can I do to motivate you? What's your favorite extra feature that selling platform does? Do you use the referral program? Do you use the referral program in addition to a referral program on your e-commerce site? I have so much to learn about this program and I'm excited to see where it takes me in my business. As y'all know, I'm pretty transparent when it comes to business. I have no shame in business or in life. Sometimes a blessing and sometimes a curse, but I'm always down to share what works or doesn't work for me in efforts to help you grow your business as well. Trust me when I say there's definitely room for all of us at the top and it's so easy to let that slip away too. I have had every reason in the book to give up this year. My email list was compromised. 
My tax list was compromised. Products were deleted from my back end. I had to teach brand new employees how my business worked when I didn't even feel like I wanted to work on my business. My dad, who lived with me the last 11 years, passed away. I was betrayed by my closest two employees in the most disgusting way while my dad was dying. I could go on and on. But I woke up, I stood up, and I realized that if I don't change this, nothing will. Now these hurdles are just things I need to be able to get my chunky legs over. I can and so can you. And then she gives some other business advice and inspiration. So once again, she is in a selling contest. She's trying to boost her sales. And so she brings in all of these sad, horrible things that she says happened to her in an effort to kind of tug on the heartstrings of her followers and customers, and also seemingly to inspire other people who may be going through a hard time. But there is no reason for her to talk about this again. She talks about it constantly. It is a completely fabricated narrative and that did not apply to this post in any way, shape, or form, much like the other ones, but she said it anyway. Also, she had made this claim about her email list and her text list being compromised and some other things and would make this claim that I was trying to sabotage her business. Once again, no evidence was ever turned over of any of that, not accounting, not any forensic data analysis, and the defendant admitted in her sworn deposition that nothing like that existed. She never went to anyone and said, please investigate my claims that this woman is sabotaging my business. In her sworn deposition, she actually said, I investigated myself. The next post is a live sale video on the next day, June the 16th of 2021. And once again, there is a user that jumps on and starts saying some things that the defendant doesn't like. She and her followers jump on that person as if they were me. And once again, it was not me. What? Troll friend, we see ya. Welcome to the program. What do you have to say? I know you ain't talking about my body. Oh, oh God. You're so dumb. You don't have anything better to do than come to my live video and talk. Like, really? Can you go talk to anybody else? So dumb. But I get one to watch a hot mom on Instagram, you know? You know how, remember how I used to be so confused all the time when I would say, why do they say, like, if people would follow you and don't like you that they're really fans? But now I know. And the whole time I was talking to you. Isn't that funny? I figured out I'm a stress eater. I never knew that before. Thought it was eight. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> When I'm stressed out, I eat and I feel better. I don't know about you. My therapist said she's glad I don't drink. Think I'll be a drunk. <laughs> no, that's crazy. We're in a swimsuit on Instagram right now and you can't even buy it. It looks good on me. Mm. I gotta take a break, okay? I'm likely to. <laughs> Some days I don't know. Kill someone, jump off a bridge, I don't know. It's a tall up. Mm -mm -mm. I'm just staring at all these. There's a wildebeest behind me. Look. Instagram, look at that. You see that up on the walls? I'm showing them. Look, Facebook, can you see what Instagram can see? See that wildebeest, Facebook? <laughs> Just so you know, that thing is probably like at least three feet out the wall. Oh, don't get it twisted. We have Gims Buck over here. See the Gims Buck? It's like 36 inch horns. That's an Impala. Actually, that's called the World Class Impala. It's 26 inches. It's a big deal. Those are called Plains Games animals. <sighs> crazy thing. I was like getting tortured on the way home from my hunting trip to Africa last year or two years ago. And uh, the whole time I was like, oh my God, where these PETA people come from? What's wrong? Turns out it wasn't PETA people. It's so crazy. It's like people actually knew. Also, I never get people that say stuff like that. Like I never get like rude people about politics or rude people about stuff like that. So that's why it used to make me go crazy because I used to think like, how come nobody ever messaged me mean stuff? How to lose 7,000 Instagram followers, but yet I can get no mean messages. What happened? What is something your brain tries to make you do and you have to will yourself not to do it? <laughs> Shoot people. I'm just joking, but not. Oh, are you kidding? Like, literally hit people with my car? Child is trying to stop herself from itching that mosquito bite or maybe just saying something you shouldn't say at an inopportune time. Nope, definitely have no problems with that. If you could know the absolute and total truth to one question, what question would you ask? <gasps> oh, I would say, oh, I know. I would say, when did you, when did you cross the line? Oh God, see, I don't even want this to get serious. Yeah, that is what I would, of all the things in the world I'd want to know, yeah. Of anything that's ever happened to me in the entire world, I wouldn't want to know why. I wouldn't want to know none of that. I'd want to know, just tell me the date that you flipped. So that I can at least like think in my head if I could tell in that time or because I could tell in the pictures for sure, like the face changes, but 
man, when did you, I guess, and what? How can I ask too? Like, what made you, and do you feel dumb now or are you just terrified? Like, I don't know. Anyways, okay, we gotta get a new soap. That is definitely the question I would ask of anything I've ever happened, that's ever happened. Okay, so the question, the trivia question tonight, it said, if you could know the truth about any one question in the entire world, what would it be? And y'all need to DM me your answers because I wanna know what your answer would be. And my question was, because I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, in the video, I said, I would ask, when did you like flip? When did you just, at what point? But anyways, so my question was gonna be just at what point did you flip? But really, I think my question, if I could get any question answered in the entire world, it would be at what point did you decide that the truth no longer served your purpose? That's what I wanna know. Like, at what point did you realize like, there had to be a point, please, just if anything out of this I get, that there was like at least one glimmer of two seconds where you were like, you know what, I'm just gonna tell the truth. And then just tell me at what point you were like, nah, I'm not, I can't get out of this. I don't know, I tell myself that. Then I'm like, God, if I ever find out like it was all her idea, I will literally be sick to, uh, that's the one part I don't wanna think about. I wanna think she's just manipulated and young and got brought into the situation and not giving her too much grace, I'm not doing that. I did that too many times. Definitely, definitely okay. 2000 apologies for that, but no joke. At what point, like, was it an event? Not was it something I did, like, I feel like I'm to blame. This is sick and disgusting. I definitely am not to blame. No human deserves this at all. But at what point was, I don't know, like, was it, I don't know. I just want to know. Just that one minute. And was it weird, like, never telling me to my, like, never telling me that you knew stuff was going on? Oh, God, I just don't even know how you could just. What about all the days that I just, like, cried my eyeballs out about being sad about my dad or what they are saying? Or, like, what did you feel those days? I don't even know. You don't even have to add on to the question. I'm just saying. Mm. Don't it make your guts feel weird? Oh, I don't know. It's gross. It makes you feel, like, gross inside, you know? Anyway, that'll be my question. Oh, look. Oh, my dad. I'm doing really good, I think, for that situation. As long as I stay busy. And yeah, that's another thing. So, like, I felt like I was lying for so long because y'all are all like, why do you have to work so much? Or why are you, like, why are you sad? And, you know, grief is crazy. And, like, I know grief is crazy. And I definitely had a lot of time to, like, prepare for what's going to happen with my dad. Doesn't make it any less hard for sure. But that isn't why I cry usually. And so, I felt like I was lying so for so long because I couldn't just say, this is what's going on. This is why I'm upset every day. So in the very beginning of this video, there is an Instagram account, user dot and some numbers that's commenting and the defendant comments and says, I know you're not talking about my body, which in reference likely to me because I do not have the perfect Instagram body. I am overweight. I've been plus size the vast majority of my entire life. So that was directly a dig at my own body and fat shaming me. This wasn't the first time that she had fat shamed me. This was a pattern that she was continuing. At some point, she said that she needed a break and she started eating some tortilla chips and salsa on the screen. And she said that she needed a break from the crazy so that she wouldn't kill somebody. She also takes that time to show around her room that she is in and starts showing off some mounted animals that she had gotten from a big game hunting trip in Africa. She also says that while she was on the way home from Africa, that people were torturing her and the whole time it was me and perhaps H. That is not the case, obviously, but because the defendant shares almost every single thing on social media, she had shared her hunting trip. When she did that, the owner of Gomi Blog actually made an article just dedicated to the defendant and that she was on a big game hunting trip. A lot of people that were on Gomi, a lot of users were commenting, and the way Gomi seems to function is that Alice Wright will write a blog and it will be on the homepage. And Gomi users can comment at the bottom of that blog. And if it's not a thread that those Gomi users had followed before, this was kind of front page exposure to that. And so there were a lot of people. I've gone back and looked at some of the comments, which I'll read in just a minute. And these are usernames that I have not ever seen. They also were not on the subpoena when the defendant subpoenaed Gomi names. And so these people with these usernames are commenting just because Alice had made a front page post about the defendant big game hunting. The Gomi article that Alice Wright wrote 
starts off by saying, Africa appreciates defendant. That was the title. And then she says, defendant, super duper wealthy, has been enjoying the ultimate rich person vacation, killing enclosed wildlife at a safari farm in Africa. But she's not just off snagging death trophies, she's saving the world. In a long rambling Facebook post, she explained how her presence is transforming the fortunes of Africa. She began by trying to explain that the bloody animals they are posing with aren't just sport kills. They are feeding the locals and those locals are so grateful, y'all. And then she includes an excerpt from the defendant's post that says, The most incredible thing about this hunt is that the African people are so thankful for the free meat that these hunts provide. I've never met more grateful people. Alice goes on to say, she continues to hammer the savior defendant point home with more wonderful tales of her generosity. Then Alice includes another excerpt from the defendant's post that says, a simple hunt provides so much food for them and husband and I are leaving most of our suitcases so they can have fresh socks and shoes. And then the defendant names one of the women who was on staff that was helping them in Africa, cried and then prayed for me. I get emotional typing this because I gave her a matching necklace to mine and let her try on all my shoes. When I said she could keep my white company sneakers, she broke down again and told me that she sees hundreds of people every year, but that we have left a mark on her heart. She said she knows God will bless our family and that she will never forget the defendant's family. Alice says, defendant is learning so much as well. And then includes another excerpt from the defendant's Facebook post about this. Y'all, they have nothing like we do. You'll feel like a gluttonous cow over here. It's humbling beyond words. I hope you get to experience this. I really do. Alice goes on to say, I'm sure we all can't wait to see how this experience translates into a life of less consumption and more giving for the defendant's family. She's already started giving back by ordering her employees to eat burgers in order to support a company donating to the Republican Party. Change in the world, y'all. Among the many comments on this post are a few. One is by a username called Lurking Hate Reader that says, what an entirely believable and not at all made up conversation. Another user with a highly inappropriate name says, I like to think that conversation did happen. The lady was putting on a OMG, I've never seen real shoes and I'll pray for you act for the benefit of the racist white Westerners. And she's going to turn around and sell that on eBay. Another commenter with the username Marty Bees says, Jesus loves her more than everyone else. Another user with the name Snappy Pepper says, this profanity, who the profanity is she? Please get on your plane with two right wings and go flying circles for eternity, you profanity. Another user with the name ran off on the plug says, what a disgusting human. Wish one of those animals would attack her. Another user with the name profanity on a big wheel says, profanity her. Another user with the username prom night dumpster baby says, I approve of this message. Seriously, profanity her. Another user with the user username chocolate covered profanity show says fat loser heifer killing animals senselessly to try to seem cool and rich another user with the name seaside honey fantasia says her whiteness is saving africa which is basically a country and not a continent praise barf Another user with a name your mom called says white savior defendant coming in hot. Another user with the name Jesus ain't say that says, or she could, you know, just donate the money she would have spent on the trip to kill animals to charity. Another user with the name inner Florida suburbs mean girl says, I can't with this white savior profanity. Another user with the name Kip Dynamite says, I hope an antelope tramples over her. Another user with the name Nina says, so let me get this straight. The poor people over there need wealthy Americans to come over and hunt big game in order to feed them or else they starve. How wonderful and selfless of her. Another user with the name Shays Bolton says, what a disgusting excuse for a human. Another user with the name Honesty Queen says, where's the 15,000 she donated and where to? Receipts or it didn't happen. That user also says, and she doesn't share on her Instagram because she knows she would be dragged through profanity. Another user with the name size zero sans thigh gap says, combining trophy hunting with white savior complex, disgusting. And of course she describes them as African people. There were some Instagram accounts that were created while she was in Africa that were very unfavorable. Some of those Instagram accounts would use her father's mugshot as a profile picture. Some would include some not so favorable images of the defendant. They also were sharing pictures of the defendant with these animals that she had shot in Africa. And there was just a lot of not so nice things being said about the defendant, about hunting in general. And because the defendant was in Africa, myself and H had started to see all of this. I can't even remember how we came across it. Maybe someone sent it to us and we were panicking. We were freaking out. And remember at this time, 
all I knew was that the defendant had told me about these trolls and how they were horrible and hateful and all of this kind of stuff. I wasn't actively reading Gomi. I hadn't even looked at it before at that point until someone sent us this article that Alice had written. So I had no idea truly what was exactly going on. All I knew was there was some really horrible stuff being said online about the defendant. It was very upsetting. We were feverishly trying to reach her and we couldn't because of either the time difference or she was on a plane. By the time we did reach her, she had actually already started commenting back on those Instagram accounts because not only were those Instagram accounts posting posts of her with captions, they were also commenting on the defendant's Instagram. By the time we got to her, she had already started commenting back. A lot of the brand reps slash stylists and customers were starting to contact us and send us the stuff. And it was causing some anxiety for the defendant. And so I sent out a private message to the vast majority of the brand reps and customers that I had personal contact with to try and stop all of the messages that were being sent to the defendant because this was upsetting to her. I was trying to let them know, hey, we know what's going on. Please don't send any more of this to the defendant because it's very upsetting to her. So I sent this extremely nice message to those brand reps and to the customers. And the message says, Hi, I'm sending a private message to everyone individually because I think this is so important and I want to make sure it gets to you. I'm also coming to you not as company staff, but just as a human, fellow company supporter and friend. This last week, I've seen more hurtful things said on the internet about defendant and the company than I've ever cared to see. At first, it felt like a kick in the gut. Then I got mad. Then I wanted revenge. I dreamed up the things I would say or do, but quickly realized none of it would be productive. Then today I had a revelation and I'm asking that you partner with me in being loud about what we love and who we love. Anytime you ever see or hear anything ugly about defendant or the company, or feel free to apply this in other areas of life, I ask that it would simply serve as a reminder for you to write a post on your own social media about your true feelings about her and the company and what she and the company community mean to you. Don't engage. Don't even screenshot and send it to anyone anyone. That just accomplishes what they wanted anyway. And I'm preaching to myself here. I got caught up in checking to see if any new hate has been posted and talking and thinking about how awful it was. And as of right now today, I refuse to give it or them any more of my attention. When they try to be loud with hate, let's be louder with love. Leave a review on the company Facebook page. Leave a review on the website. Leave a Google review and talk about how you used to cry in a dressing room and had sworn off jeans until you found the company. Text the defendant and tell her how grateful you are. That will make her smile and inspire her more than any hate could try and diminish her spirit. My mama always said, when people speak badly of you, act in such a way that no one would believe them. We know these people are liars. We have a voice. There are more of us than there are of them. We can drown them out and that is my new plan. People are always going to be mean on the internet, but we don't have to give them a voice. Disclaimer. All of the above was written as if I was Mel Gibson giving that speech in Braveheart. So please read it again, picturing me in some fabulous war paint and a kilt. This private message was later turned over in discovery. This was actually turned over to the police. I am not quite sure what sort of evidence this was supposed to be in favor of the defendant, but I was very confused when I saw it in evidence because not only am I not saying anything bad about the defendant, I am encouraging people not to even look at anything bad that is said about the defendant and instead to post positive messages about the defendant and to send her positive messages. When I say to you that I supported this woman and her business, I supported her with my whole heart. The only thing that changed my feelings toward this woman was spending a year and a half working for her. And still, even then, I wasn't willing to compromise my own integrity and say bad things about her, not to anyone in a private message and certainly not by posting anything on my own social media or any other online forum or anything like that. I just made the decision. I don't want this person in my life anymore. And I quit my job and went no contact and maintained professionalism. That's what happened. Also, while she's eating these tortilla chips, she talks about that she had lost 7,000 Instagram followers and was confused by this because she has never had anyone say anything ugly to her about any of her political posts. And the only people that were speaking ugly about this Africa trip were obviously had to be me and H. I had already been to her and shown her data 
that every time she would make a political post that it would negatively impact the following. So instead of admitting that, she just carried on her narrative that HRI had logged in to Instagram and had deleted her followers. However, in her sworn deposition, when questioned about specifically if she had any information from Instagram whatsoever that anyone, not just HRI, that anyone had logged in and deleted followers, her answer was no. And when my attorney asked, do you have any evidence other than you've just decided? She said, I just decided. At one point in this video, as she's reading these trivia questions, one of the questions says, what is something that your brain tells you to do that you have to will yourself to not do or something to that effect? And she says, shoot people, run people over with her car. And then she says she's kidding, but not really. And it's sort of a veiled threat, but it is still a threat. The example that the question gave, the trivia question says, you know, it might even be something as simple as saying something that you shouldn't say or something like that. And she says, oh, no, I don't have a problem with that. And we are quite literally here right now because the defendant says things that she shouldn't say and posts them all over social media. Then she gets to a little bit of a serious question that says, if you could know the truth about one thing. And here she is talking about and somewhat directly to H. She says, I want to know when did you flip? When did you decide that the truth no longer served your purpose? And we have seen in prior videos and posts that the defendant claims that H lied to the police. In fact, H told the police the truth. The defendant was upset with H because H did not tell the police the defendant's version of events. H did not tell the police the defendant's false narrative that she had created. And so that resulted in the defendant saying that H had lied to the police. And so this here saying, when did the truth no longer serve your purpose? She is talking about her version of the truth that she fabricated. At some point when she is talking about into H, she says, oh gosh, I hope I don't find out that it was her idea all along. I would like to remind all of us that when the defendant met H, she was a literal child in high school. There is no way, nor is it remotely believable that H would have ever sought out to do anything like this, nor is it believable that I would have sought H out because she had a connection to this woman to try and cultivate a friendship with her so that I could learn information and sabotage this woman's business. The entire thing is preposterous, but her followers eat it up. She also says that she used to stick up for H all the time and that she owes one of her prior employees so many apologies because of that. That employee that she is talking about is the employee that she was complaining about the very first dinner that I ever had with the defendant. To my knowledge, the defendant's issues with that employee had nothing to do with H or anything that H said. I have said before, H is not for everybody. She is extremely direct and some people don't take kindly to that. And so there are some people that were not her biggest fan. However, she is not this evil horrible person that was working with me in cahoots to try and take down the defendant. She genuinely supported and tried to help the defendant for many years, longer than I worked for the defendant. She would work for her off and on. Towards the end of the video, the defendant shows a picture of her father. H had worked in the defendant's home and helped take care of the defendant's father. So the defendant now brings in the fact that her father passed away and brings H into that narrative and talks about how weird it was that H wasn't there. Again, to kind of garner sympathy from her followers about that situation as well. On June the 16th of 2021, the agreed scheduling order was filed. This means that all of the attorneys and therefore the parties had agreed upon a schedule of events for the legal proceedings. This included a trial date. And at that time, the trial was set for January 31st of 2022. The scheduling order also has other things in it, such as discovery deadline. That just means when all of the evidence that you have has to be turned over. There are also deadlines for certain objections and things like that, all laid out in the scheduling order. Because it was agreed on by all of the attorneys, there was no need for a hearing. It just needed to be filed and entered into the system, and then the judge would sign it. 
The next post by the defendant regarding this case was on June the 18th of 2021. She is doing a live sale again and starts to make false and defamatory statements once again. Like, you know, I don't mind doing these lives if I can just sit here and like talk about my day, like if it's a regular Instagram story or like a live video. I had to take a bunch of them off too just because these crazy people. Oh, so frustrating because you just feel like so violated, you know, like they're just digging through every single thing. Just so y'all know, I ain't looking through nothing because I'm telling the truth. You don't have to do that when you're not lying. I love I haven't gone anywhere done anything so I don't care. How do you remember all the product names? Let me tell you what. One thing I always remember everything. It's a weird, anybody that like anybody in my real life, the police, my attorney, they all say the same thing. Like my attorney the other day said, you'd be such a good attorney because I remember everything. But tell your friends about us too. I really want to win this contest and I appreciate y'all so much getting me back on my feet, back to normal, like helping me realize that like it's not the end of the world. Even if you have to read horrible stuff about yourself every day. <sighs> Not because you want to, because it's like torture, but because people are disgusting, it's fine. Um, but anyways, that being said, I appreciate y'all so much. And it's so nice to hear y'all be so encouraging, especially when like, I mean, this is enough to make you literally feel like you are going to jump off the cliff every single day. And I'll tell you more about it later, but I have to, I would not do it if I absolutely, I would haven't done it in 10 years. I definitely didn't want to start now. So it's no big deal. I'll get through it. I'm a tough little cookie at the end of the day. Hello to my haters. Who's haters? That's such a weird word. <laughs> God, I'm going. I love being in my bubble. My little bubble of happy. It's way more fun here. And I don't have to record anybody's live video and be all weird. It's so weird, just so you know. Like creepy, Looney Tune weird. So in this video, the defendant talks about how she feels violated, and she's seemingly referencing the retraction letters that she had been sent by this time. I believe at this time she had received three retraction letters. So she was well aware that her social media posts were being videoed and screenshotted as evidence for the case, and she says that she feels violated by that, even though her posts were public. She also makes an interesting comment to a customer and says that she remembers everything. And she would say this quite often. However, in her sworn deposition, when she was questioned about something, she said that there would just be no way for her to be able to remember that. The deposition says, my attorney says, tell me everything you believe that was posted negative about you that only Crystal would have known. Defendant says, I wouldn't be able to do that today, but I can provide you with a lot of that information. My attorney says, as you sit here today, understanding you want to go look at some stuff later to fully answer the question. Defendant nods. My attorney continues, as you sit here today, tell me everything you believe that was posted that was in any way negative towards you that only Crystal would know. Defendant says, you're talking about 1,700 pages in 10 years of posts on the internet, so it would be virtually impossible for me to just store all of that data in my brain, but I'm happy to provide you in the future with any direct conversations that I feel like I had with Crystal that I feel are represented on the internet under one of those names. My attorney says, I'll object as non-responsive. That objection means that the defendant did not answer the question that he asked. That is a very common objection that happened throughout her deposition. My attorney continues, my question is, as you sit here today with your knowledge and your recollection, tell me everything you believe was posted that was in any way negative toward you that only Crystal would have known. The defendant says, I can't recall a conversation off the top of my head specifically because there are so many. My attorney once again says, I'll object to the portion that was non-responsive. Defendant says, okay. My attorney says, did you investigate any of the posts that you attributed to Crystal on GoMe to see if it was anyone other than Crystal that made those posts? Defendant says, say the question again. My attorney says, did you do anything to investigate whether someone other than Crystal made the post that you complain of on GoMe? The defendant says, I didn't need to. My attorney says, okay, I'm going to object as non-responsive. So the entire basis for the defendant's false and defamatory narrative that she fabricated against me is that there are things on Gomi blog written about her that only I would have known. Yet in her sworn deposition, she could not think of a single post, not even a topic of something that she would claim that only I would have known. That is the basis for her entire narrative. In this video, she also said that she has to read all of these horrible things about herself, seemingly because she is in this lawsuit, and that it's enough to make her want to jump off a cliff. She has referenced many times that she has had thoughts of self-harm, and so she is also furthering that comment that she had made prior. She also says that she loves her happy bubble and that no one has ever been mean to her. And so she never could understand, this is part of her narrative, she never could understand why there were mean things written on the internet. The reality is, if anyone 
says anything to the defendant on any of her social media platforms that is not 100% in support of the defendant, she blocks them immediately. She also says she doesn't have to record anyone's live video. And she says that that's so weird that someone is doing that. Number one, there would have been no live video to record because I was completely off social media from November 18th of 2020 until after the verdict was read on August the 24th, 2022. So that was irrelevant. But she had also said before that she and her internet army had already screenshotted all of the pages on Gomi. But in addition to that, I was not the one screen recording her live videos. I was not the one screenshotting her posts. That was being done on behalf of me for this case. And the defendant references something in her deposition about the collecting of evidence. It says, my attorney says, is it your opinion that Crystal Wrighton started stalking you at some point? The defendant says, no, I wouldn't say that. My attorney says, okay, you've used the term stalking a few times previously in your deposition today. So what did you mean by stalking earlier when you referenced that? And then the defendant says, here's an example. There are 399 requests for admissions. I have never provided you all with anything that either of them have said on the internet, but they have provided, Crystal has provided you specifically with thousands of comments that I have made watching all of my live videos, recording them, screenshotting posts, all of that. And then my attorney says, so in your opinion, gathering evidence of your conduct that's going to be presented to this judge and this jury is somehow stalking? Is that your opinion? And the defendant says, well, that's not the only thing. So not only does the defendant think that it's gross that people are recording her live videos for the legal proceedings, but she also does consider it as part of her stalking narrative. Then on June the 21st, the defendant makes the following Facebook post. In this post, she shares a graphic that says, keep going because you didn't come this far only to come this far. And then she writes the following caption. My second biggest wish on the planet would be to tell you exactly what is going on and has been going on in my world for the past 24 months. I know several of you know, and I know several of you know how tough things have been for me in a number of areas. This morning, one of the first posts I saw on Facebook was this from my friend. Her post was about depression, and I have definitely suffered from that for what feels like to me the first time in my life. I've never experienced any of the feelings that I've had in the last nine months in my life. I've also never felt like I worked so hard for the opposite reason that anyone would think. Please send prayers of clarity and encouragement as we hopefully close this last chapter that has been so incredibly tough for me. I know looking back, I won't remember how tough these months have been and will most certainly be in an opportune position, but that doesn't mean that the journey was not insanely turbulent. Just keep going, defendant. Your daddy wouldn't let you quit now. You are right there. So once again, she is saying to her followers that she wishes that she could tell them what is going on. She has told them what is going on over and over and over again, sometimes multiple times per day. So it is continually confusing to me how her followers would see her say this every single day and not think to themselves, why does she keep saying this? She has already told us everything that is going on almost daily. The defendant also makes a live video on June the 21st of 2021, and this is actually a live sale. And in this live sale, she carries on her narrative. I need to, I wish I had another phone with me today because I would totally, I left a whole bag of phones at work. Um, I set them down today. One of my employees was like, what is that? I have like eight cell phones. So, um, and if you've been trying to contact me, I, my phone number does not end in 8010 anymore. So send me a message on Facebook and I will send you my new number. I've had three numbers since all this crazy stuff popped off last November or last, I guess, technically I found out about it in October, late October, but I went to the police station in November. So that's when I got the other phone number. So now I've had my third cell phone. I don't know, I changed my phone number for like 10 years before this crazy stuff. I think internet is a great tool. In modern times, the worst is social media due to way too many keyboard warriors. I know it's gross, isn't it? There should be some social accountability for the stuff you say on the internet. Um, I know my life would be a lot easier, but listen, the same people just talking over and over again. I don't understand people either, too. Or I would never do that. Literally, in my life, I would never be ugly to somebody on the internet. That's so weird. Or especially people that aren't mean to you. And that's so weird. Like, do you want to tell your daughters that you did that? Like, you bullied people on the internet? <laughs> it's gross. I remember last year, one of my little trolls saying, I would never do that. Turns out...
she starts off this video talking about how many phones that she has. This is part of her hacking narrative that H or I or both tried to hack into her iCloud account, which by the way, no evidence of that was ever presented at trial despite her saying repeatedly that she had evidence. There was no evidence because there is no evidence because that is a complete lie, just like her entire narrative. She also says that she had to change her phone number three times. And actually in her deposition, she refused to give us her phone number because she said that her phone could be hacked if someone simply had her phone number. She also says that there should be some social accountability for the things that you say on the internet. And that is a statement from the defendant that I could not agree with more, could not agree more. It is extremely ironic that she would make those kind of statements while she is actively defaming me. She also carries on the narrative that this was the same people over and over again, typing and saying negative things about her. That is part of her narrative. And she also references my daughter and that how would I like it or would I tell my daughter that I bully people on the internet? I don't bully people on the internet. And she would just constantly bring in my family, H's family into her false narrative. At the end, she references a conversation that she says she had with one of her little trolls. And I think this is a conversation that she and I had. She didn't give enough context to it. But I have said before, I constantly felt the need to put the defendant at ease all of the time. I, whenever she would start to feel paranoid and we would be having a conversation, I would frequently say, I don't have anything to hide. I really am this boring. I really am this lame. I don't have any ulterior motives and that sort of a thing. And so I think that was a conversation perhaps where something like that happened. And I just said, no, I would never do anything like that because I wouldn't. I would never compromise my own integrity or character to do any of the things that she ever accused me of. It is once again evident at this point that she is never going to stop this narrative. She has now carried on this narrative for eight months almost daily, she has said these things. So this was part of her normal everyday conversation. She would frequently say these things when she was trying to sell product. And she would constantly reference these things, even if she was making a story that didn't have anything to do with any of her narrative, she would somehow loop it in to perpetuate the drama. The defendant learned very quickly that she was going to get likes and views and shares whenever she was on the internet talking about all of this drama that she had created and it fueled her. And so she kept going. She has kept going to this day, to the time of this podcast recording, months after the verdict, still to this day continues her false and defamatory narrative about me to all of her followers. And the sad thing is, a lot of her followers still believe her. Next time on False and Defamatory. The timing of this video is no accident. But to know that a year ago today, I was throwing a party for someone who ended up joining this lawsuit in March of this year is like just sick. It is just disgusting. And she'd made this video on that date on purpose just to play mind games with H. I know things have been bothering me and I know many of you may think that is because my dad passed away. But the reason is because I have been sued by two of my closest employees. They are suing me seeking up to a million dollars. I didn't talk about this, so all the Reddit posts before this that are addressing this, I've never spoke about this, so you're really ignorant because Reddit totally tells everything because they don't want to get in trouble with FYI, stupid. My goal was never to just get money from her. I wanted her to stop, and she didn't. No, I don't know what to talk about this, but it'll be okay because then I never talk about it again. It took me about five minutes in October to read that blog and I knew who it was. In the police report, the defendant states, the language in this post that convinced her that it was me talking on the blogs is that she read a post where one of the commenters used the term 11 billion. She is the one who created the narrative that I was multiple profiles on Gomi, that I had stalked her, that I had been hate blogging about her for years, and she brought that narrative to H. I have wonderful attorneys. We have wonderful detectives helping us. The police are totally on board. Like none of 
those sort of accusations or implications ever bothered me because I knew that there was nothing to find. There was no evidence of any of this because she made it all up. It's not going to work out in their favor. I know that. There was never any hope that HRI were going to confess anything because none of these things were true. Please don't ever say something bad about somebody on the internet. You should never do this to another woman while she's tearing me down actively, almost daily. And I can share the truth because it was the truth and the truth never changes, no matter what kind of spin you want to put on it. Everything ever that's done comes to light, period. I know that. And the truth actually did come out just not the version that she tried to sell people. She fabricated the entire narrative and to this day refuses to admit that she lied, despite the truth actually coming to light. That to me is what is dangerous about social media and how influencers can grow a following and then people just believe whatever they say without verification, without fact checking it for themselves. And that is how so many online profiles have the potential to weaponize their social media against any cause that they decide. I mean, like, I don't care if I have to make ice cream and sell it on the side of the road. I will never, ever in my life stop because I'm not lying. I've never told a lie ever, ever, ever about any of these things. And I haven't even told half of all of the truth. I will never quit. She has kept that promise. She has never stopped telling this narrative ever. I will sell my house before I ever let this go. She is going to continue to lie about me forever. Therefore, I will continue speaking the truth. The False and Defamatory podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Crystal Brighton, with music by Harry B. Ragsdale, who also serves as my audio engineer. First and foremost, I would like to thank my guests who generously shared their time and insight with us. I would also like to thank my husband, my mom, my children, my therapist, my attorneys, and trusted friends who walked with me through this process and made this podcast possible. Being able to finally speak the truth is incredibly healing, and I appreciate you listening more than I could actually accurately express. If you would like to continue receiving my latest episodes and stay up to date with my content, please subscribe to the False and Defamatory podcast on your preferred podcast platform and follow False and Defamatory on social media with the handle at False and Defamatory. Links to False and Defamatory social media as well as my blog can be found in the episode notes and on falseanddefamatory.com. Listening to the False and Defamatory podcast is free on most platforms. However, if you prefer a video podcast or would like to see the documents discussed in the podcast shown on screen, you can subscribe to my Patreon, where you will enjoy these benefits as well as early access, bonus content, and ad-free listening. The defendant spread her false and defamatory claims to hundreds of thousands of followers for more than two years. My goal is to share the truth so it can reach each person who heard her lies. By sharing this podcast, you can help me achieve that goal. Your support means everything to me and helps me reach a wider audience. So please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with those you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for sharing and for listening. All social media posts referenced in this podcast were included in the evidence in case number 096-321-678-20 in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, where the jury unanimously ruled in my favor on August 24, 2022. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the False and Defamatory podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by the guests are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the view of the False and Defamatory podcast or Crystal Wrighton. Please do not make any attempts to reach out to the defendant or her followers. Names have been redacted to protect the privacy of the defendant and her army of followers who commented on her public posts. The unanimous jury verdict has not only only provided me with justice, but also allows me to share my story. The purpose of this podcast is to share the truth and to provide educational content regarding defamation and social media. If you have any questions about this or to view the documents discussed in this episode, please visit falseanddefamatory.com.